We've all heard the expression, it's like catching lightning in a bottle, meaning what you did capture was rare and one of a kind. Something, some folks would say, never to be repeated. So quite honestly, I think the smart move is not to try. Treasure the memory, revisit it if by chance it's been kept and saved for posterity so others can experience and enjoy what you did. But don't think for a minute that you're going to duplicate it. Once in a lifetime moments are called that for a reason. But that being said, if you are of that specific mindset, you can go back to that fertile ground and possibly mine for something else. Look under an emotional rock that you may have missed and possibly discover something that in all of the joys of that first adventure maybe went untouched with the possibility and optimistic probability that there might be more. Then again, under that rock, it might just be another rock. I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey, and we have gone back to fertile ground. We are, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, let, I always forget the protocol. First of all, let's introduce our guest bottle for this evening, the Russell's Reserve 10-year-old, 90-proof uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey from the um, good folks at the Wild Turkey uh, Master Distillers, um, Jimmy and Eddie Russell. This is Jimmy Russell's uh, supposedly everyday favorite drinking whiskey. And we'll talk more about the Russell's Reserve because we're actually going to get a little whiskey business done in respects to that bottle as we talk with our guest, I'm calling this podcast The Return of Billy the Id, <laughs> which uh, for those of you who uh, are not familiar with the Id and psychoanalytic theory, it is one of the three divisions of the psyche that is completely unconscious and is the source of a lot of psychic energy derived from its instinctual needs and desires. Freud also associated them with repressed desires, both sexual and aggressive. In the effort to satisfy those desires, the id comes into conflict with the social and practical constraints that uh, are enforced by the ego and the superego, a.k.a., ladies and gentlemen, Billy DeMora. Billy DeMora was on our podcast back in December of uh, 2016, you might want to go back and visit the world's most superstitious fan. As a matter of fact, uh, towards the close of that podcast, this is how I actually felt about how things went and how I felt maybe we, we weren't even completely done. Best of luck in all your endeavors. I am proud and, uh, and, and pleased to call you my friend. You delight me on so many different levels. And every time we talk... What's, that's what I find the most amazing is that every time we talk, I find out a little bit more about you <laughs> that just adds to the, it, it's, it's like a, 
it's like a it's like a painting that I never finish when it comes to you. I'm always adding a little something to it because there's always something more uh, to add. And I think that makes you a very unique and special individual. Yeah. Billy DeMora, the world's most superstitious fan, which covered a lot of bases. Billy DeMora is back with us. He is the secretary of the Democratic Party here in the state of Ohio. We're not talking politics tonight. This podcast has absolutely nothing to do with politics. I just like to throw out that very esteemed position that he still has today as we speak. Despite the fact that you were on my podcast back in December of 2016, you suffered no ill effects from no, that. Not, no, not at all. Not, no. And I will tell you that that is probably one of the most listened to podcasts uh, now in the in the short history of whiskey business because you're insane. Yes, I am. Well, we're back and um, we're back for a lot of reasons. We're, we're going to cover some like I said, going back to that fertile ground and, and trying to discover a few things. Um, for those of you who need a, a little recap that did not listen to uh, that particular podcast, Billy is very superstitious when it comes to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, so, Jimmy, let me just go through the laundry list of the what you said were approximately 177 things that you need to do on football Saturday, or in this case, this week. Um, well, actually, the it's Buc- not a home game, so yeah, they don't all. Game. They don't. Yeah. By the time this podcast airs, the Buckeyes will have won or lost their first. Oh, game. we're gonna kill Indiana. <laughs> let's hope that's the case. If not, then I won't be alive for any more podcasts. <laughs> but let's uh, let's go over just a, a a quick list, if you will, some of the things that you have to do because you actually believe you have power of course i do i absolutely do yes it's of an i don't believe game. it i know it to be true you feel that you're also responsible for last last year's double overtime win against michigan that somehow on the superstitious level of things absolutely that, that your your powers enabled that to happen okay so um you have to wear the same clothes you have to see the band um, you have to sit with the same two people all season long. You have to wear the same underwear, the same socks, the same shoes. You have to have the same jersey all season. You have to wear your class ring. You have five Buckeye watches, but one specifically for game day and four others that you wear throughout the week. You have to be at your tailgate or at least start getting ready for your tailgate at 445 in the morning. Away games, you leave during the fourth quarter because you feel when you go to an away game, a black cloud of bad luck follows you. So if the Buckeyes are losing in the fourth quarter, you actually leave the stadium. You try to buy programs from the same guy, but you do not open the program. That's bad luck. No more no more women or girlfriends with you at the football games. Uh, you wore the same jersey for 30 years, then framed it when the Buckeyes won a national championship because it was also worn out. Uh, the clock that you use in the morning uh, actually says 7-11 for good luck. Even though you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you have to be in the same tailgate spot each and every football Saturday here on the home games. You must have your own porta potty at the tailgate. You have to do Script Ohio in your living room by yourself first thing in the morning. No one is allowed to see it. That's bad luck. You have a roster of five people who are allowed to sit with you. You kiss your ring seven times for good luck. And you only wear Ohio State clothing every day of your life unless the Buckeyes 
Buckeyes lose. Then there's a three-day mourning period where you do not wear any Buckeye clothes whatsoever. And for a while, much like a boxer, there was no sex before a Buckeye game. But if I recall, you kind of modified that I, a little I, I, bit. I modified <laughs> that one. But now I don't have a girlfriend, so that's not It's back to having no sex. I modified right? that through the years. So, yes. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so l- l- let's get this part of it out of the way because there's other things I want to talk about tonight with you as well. Um, going through that laundry list, the superstitions, uh, maybe share on this podcast some of the some of the other crazy shit that you do that I'm not aware of. <laughs> well, the couple things that kind of go together that I do that's instinctual, and I don't know how it works, is I clap in multiples of five. And okay, if, that's so, a new one. Yeah, so if if Mo- they have between zero and seven yards on an offensive play, uh-huh. I clap five times. If it's eight to 12, it's 10 times. If it's 12, if it's 13 to 17, it's 15 times, and you, and you get it. And I instinctually know after a long play, without before the announcer says how long they've gone, and I clap that many times in multiples and five. And then for every first down, I have to go – three first down signs, and then clap five times after every first down as well. You have to make the first down I have to make sign. the first down sign. So if I'm three times. Three times. So if the direction is not this way, it's like this. Otherwise, I will cross my body and do three like this and then clap five times uh, for every first down. You know, I mentioned earlier some of the psychological components of, of the id. Have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever been accused of being slightly OCD? Oh, I'm OCD, ADD. I got all the initials. You got, you yes. got, you got all I the got Ds? All, yes, yeah. You got all the I Ds. All, yes. <laughs> all right. So clapping, that's new. Uh, the the three. Why three? Because they have to do three times. I what? don't know. Because it started at three, and it, it, it'll always be three. Well, it just seemed like a natural like, yeah, one, two, three. way to go. One, two, go. I don't yeah, know how yeah. it came about, but it ended up being three, yeah. and it stayed at three. Yes, it stayed at okay. three. Uh, after a touchdown or a field goal, I have to give the touchdown sign and yell, ho, three times. Three times. Ho, 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 Ho. like that, yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I do that after every time we score. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this is good because I because I missed a lot of the things that take place during the game. We always talked about these rituals before the game, but I didn't hear a lot about actually during the game. So, yeah, you're nuts during the game as well. Um, I use and I say nuts with deep seated affection, ladies and gentlemen. I'm crazy. I, I know I'm crazy. Um, so I, uh, as you said, I have to be in my seat before the band gets there. But uh-huh. once I get to my seat, I'm not allowed to leave for any reason, or we lose. I, I don't go. I can't go to the bathroom. I, I, I don't get. I don't go to the concession stands. Once I'm in my seat, I'm in my seat till I walk out towards the end of the game. That if I leave, it's we lose. Okay. Okay. Well, what if you do have to go to the bathroom? I don't. I I hold it, and you, sometimes it's tough to get out of the stadium after because it hurts so much. But I will never leave my seat. Have you ever considered an adult diaper? No, that because that that's not. I have to wear my half state underwear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe you should inquire. I'm sure there are a lot of Buckeye fans who are in in the latter part of their their years who maybe that maybe there's Buckeye uh, I'm sure they get up and go to the restroom they're not ever in their seats anyhow but no once I get to my seat I always use the restroom let me ask you this what what if you because I because I care about you and I I don't want you because it's bad to hold it like that you know that 
man of your age. Yes. Well, yeah. I don't care. No. What if you What if you get like the uh, the Depends underwear and then put your Buckeye underwear over on top of it? I haven't thought about that. That's well, still adding. Maybe an extra, you should adding an extra layer of clothing. I'm here to help. Well, I'm, it's an extra layer of clothing. I don't know if it's going to affect the mojo somehow because yeah, you're still technically wearing the. It's not going to happen. The, are these Buckeye specifically Buckeye underwear? Buckeye boxer shorts. Buckeye of course. boxer shorts. Yes, I have right. one pair for I, home I, games I, and I, a different I, pair for away games. I, of course you do. Well, that's that's the only sensible thing to do. Yes. Uh, well, just give it some thought because you know, just imagine how how much more at it's, ease you would be if you you you. I control my body. My body does not control me. It's not good to hold your pee. I understand, <laughs> but hey, I, I I use the restroom on the way in, and then it gets held until I have to leave. Okay, okay. What else? I have to buy a bottle of water during the game and. I can't. I have one bottle of water, so I have to yeah, judiciously, so. judiciously use it. And if we do something bad, then I have to sip water to change the mojo. And if we keep doing things good, I never drink the water because we're always doing good on offense or on defense. So you could be parched. It could be one of those unusually hot days in September where the stadium is on fire with heat. And if you're parched, but things are going a certain way, you won't sip from the water. No, I will not. <laughs> So you will deny yourself again. Of course, because I don't want to screw up the mojo. So do you feel that this self-inflicted pain yeah, somehow... Penance. It's penance. It's, it's penance. Yes. Yeah. Somehow affects the outcome. Of course, it all, of it all does. In a positive yes. way. Yes. So um, you're, you're suffering for everybody. I am. I'm suffering for everybody so we can win. Correct. So is there anything else that we need to, because to, to, like I said, I know that I know there's, I, I don't want to get into every little inch of minutia, the 177. That's your cross to bear. Speak, yes. Speaking of martyrs. Well, I, I have the same, even though I think this year and last, sometimes the seats I have have the backs on them, but I still bring the same seat cushion I've had for 20 years. And I still, um, well, that's got to be worn down to nothing. Well, not really, because I only use it seven times a year. And I, it's one of the ones that's old school one that had the poncho in it. I still have a poncho that if it rains, I have to put that poncho on. But I put my program that I have not opened, of course, of course inside yes. that same pocket. And I sit on that on top of my seat or wherever I sit. I sit on that on that. I have to I can't sit on the bench. I have to sit on my my Ohio State thing, whether it's cushion or not. I have to have my seat cushion. OK, so um, last year you mentioned you have to have the same group of people. Sitting I do. With there are you. only five people that can sit next to me. Yeah. And, the, and that group has not changed. No, that's, that's, change. that's the same thing. That's same thing. Yes. So so. In recent years, you've you've invited me to games. And so those tickets are nowhere near you. The, well, the, the tickets that you're offering. Well, it for depends. Games. I mean, I, you don't. You wouldn't sit on either side of me, but you could sit in that fourth seat, the one that's two down from me. Oh, like if your oh, neighbor okay. comes, yeah. your neighbor does not sit next to me. That's his neighbor. The neighbor has to sit on the other side of one of the five guys that can sit on either side of me. And has anybody just purposely tried to screw oh, that up for them. you? I don't. You, you no, don't they they get the tickets. They're my tickets. They don't go to the game again if they your, don't want to follow my rules. Your tickets, your rules. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's that seems fair. Now if. Somehow during the game, something bad happens, I switch people around. So these people are, are pretty much your guests, but also have to do your bidding. Well, if, if something goes badly, I switch people. If they're, if, if what, if they don't, what if they don't want to move out of their seat? What if they want to change seats? They don't go to their home game. But they're already there. Well, I'm talking about they don't get another one. <laughs> has anybody has anybody gone against you? Has anybody fought your well, will? Well, your neighbor, when he gets, he gets a little <laughs> loaded, tries to be a prick sometimes. But eventually he does, or I just say you'll never get another ticket from me, and he wises up quickly. <laughs> Oh my God! You know, I 
to get ready for this podcast, I listened to December of 2016's podcast. And um, I, well, one, I thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed it. And, and folks, if, if you haven't listened to it, go back in the Whiskey Business Archives and listen to it. It's, it's probably one of my favorites because it's just so sincerely insane and now i'm hearing even more i i don't know i mean i don't know how you get through a football saturday without losing your mind it's actually the only time that i'm not thinking about anything else on the planet i mean i'm doing several i i work a lot i have lots of responsibility but during a home football game nothing matters in life but the football game and it's my release from the rest of the world it's worrying about the outcome of the football game. That's my that's my release. Because as I mentioned uh, in the beginning, you are the secretary of the Democratic Party here in the state of Ohio, which is a very responsible position that requires a lot of attention, time, care, professionalism. And let's be honest, what happens on Saturday is no, just... I don't... Everybody that knows me knows that there's no business. I mean, they, if they come to my tailgate and talk to me about certain things, they get uh -huh. up until a certain time, and then I turn them off. But... I'm at a football game. I'm there. I'm there for Ohio State football. I'm not there to work. I'm not there to do anything except the football game. Okay, so and I'm gonna wrap up the football section here in just a moment. But I, looking ahead to this season, as I said, by the time this podcast airs, uh, Ohio State should have and hopefully have beaten Indiana, which is kind of weird to be playing a, a, a Big Ten opponent on a... First time in 41 years. Uh, in a Something first game of the years, season. Yeah. yeah. So looking ahead, are you blinded by just pure football uh, love that no matter what the pundits say about how the team looks or doesn't look or what their weaknesses or what their strengths might be, in your humble opinion... How do the Buckeyes look for this season? We're going back to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, we are that good. We are that talented. We are that deep. I think that, uh, listen, we have a fifth-year starting, I mean, a fifth-year quarterback mm -hmm. who started, this is his fourth year of starting, and he's a winner. And I think with a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme that we are going to be unstoppable. Our defense, even though we lost three first-round picks in the first round from the secondary alone, I think our defensive line is the best in the country, Everybody is admitted to that. We've got eight guys, three of whom they think are being first-round draft picks next year. Our defense is going to be loaded. I think we're going to – I think we could win a lot of games by and score a lot of points because we are that good. And, you know, number one and number three, Alabama Florida State play each other on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. We'll see who's a pretender, who is not. But when you're in a college football, the quarterback is the main player on that team. And to have a quarterback who started four years right. is a huge advantage for us. And I think he got – unfairly criticized last year because the offense was run horribly at the end of the season, especially the Clemson game. Um, I think we have an offense this year, and and what I like about Kevin Wilson is he throws the tight ends. We have a stud tight end on this team this year, and I think the freshman receivers, the guys that are, have to prove themselves, I think we're going to have a couple of big seasons out of them, and we're going to be unstoppable. I, I just have that, I have that mindset that we're going to be unstoppable. We have a couple tough games, and you know, we have to play the team up north at the team up north with, you know, Mr. Khaki Jeans and and um, <laughs> Mr. Khaki Jeans. Last year you called him Little Jimmy Harbaugh. Yeah, Little Jimmy Harbaugh. <laughs> little Jimmy Harbaugh, that's true. Uh, we play them up there this year, but I think we're going to beat them again. Uh, I, I'm optimistic. I think we have a mission. And what's, what's best is we have we have sat now for nine months yes. with a 31 to nothing loss. The only time Urban Meyer's ever been shut out. Right. A loss 
to a team that we, you know, we shanked two field goals our first two drives, right. and they stopped running the ball, and they have a chip on their shoulder, and I think they've got to prove something, and I think we're back in the playoffs. This year. So this this is potentially a joyous season of Buckeye football. For Except Bill for me, because I have to go through all my rituals. But you have to go through yeah. them. No, but yeah. it, but but my, I, I can I can see the excitement and the joy in your face. You can't see his face, people. He's 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 genuinely excited about this season. So. Last question about the superstitions. Uh, since that devastating loss that hangs over us like an albatross uh, waiting to be removed, is there anything new that was going to be added to the mix as a result of last season? Well, I have. I bought two new pairs of shoes. I haven't decided which one I'm going to wear this season. All I right. bought new, two new pairs of socks to wear a different pair of socks for this season. And I might actually wear a different jersey than I've been wearing because of that loss. I have to do something different, and I may... Just, I don't think I'm going to get rid of my Archie Griffin jersey, but I may have to do so, or may put the white one on instead of the red one uh-huh. for home games. But, listen, I was not at the game. I did not go to that game because I've been to Phoenix five times in seven years. And uh, I have a 94-year-old father. I had to take him to Florida that week. I was going to be at the national championship game. I was in Florida. I had tickets to that game. I had guys coming down. But we didn't obviously make it, but I could not go out to Arizona. And I think that's one of the reasons I got beat so bad is I couldn't make it out there. And I, I feel like I let Of course, because you have power. I, I do mean, have power. Your, your presence is yes, power. I was. That's and true. And your lack of presence would be a obviously a lack of power. Yes. I also think it was my ex-girlfriend getting revenge on me for not going out with her. Wow. But, so you think that that was actually going on somewhere in, 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 the, in the background? There was some sort of... Uh, Molokia going on. Yes, I think a little bit of Molokia, yes, uh, yes. which is an Italian word for just a curse yes. that, that somebody would put on you. Because I was stupid, and I w- admittedly I was stupid, but I think that was the, her little revenge on me that we got beat 31 nothing. So she made the entire Buckeye no, Nation no, no, she suffer she did not. Just, so, just to no, pay you back? No, I'm not putting it all on her, but I think I think she might have <laughs> smiled when we lost because I realizing how bad I was going to be. I bet I was going to feel, and, and that's and and that was good. And that's like pretty much the the evil eye. Yeah, I got that a little bit of malicious yeah. spite because the malicious is spite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you, I I think that's part of it, but you know, there's nothing. There's no way you can prove. There's no way you can prove it. No, there's no way you can prove it. No. no. All right. Well, before we move on, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. And we are toasting. With the Russell's Reserve, the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, the ten-year-old whiskey that is uh, ninety proof, and uh, it's it's you know what, it fits the whiskey business bill of being under fifty bucks a bottle. It, it retails for about twenty-nine ninety-nine. Uh, it's got all kind of wonderful stuff happening in it. Uh, there's notes of cinnamon in there, as far as tasting notes and vanilla, even a little bit of dark chocolate. It's got a nice long finish, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, Master Distillers Jimmy and his son Eddie Russell. This is Jimmy Russell's go-to everyday whiskey. He, he likes the Russell's 10. It all comes from the Wild Turkey um, Distillery, and the reason we're drinking it tonight is because Billy DeMora, along with a couple other of Columbus Italian Club members, actually went down to Kentucky because we're buying an entire barrel of we it. We got we our are. own barrel. We have our own barrel. How was that? It was amazing. Uh, I was exhausted. I had gotten home from the West Coast at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, and we left at 8 o'clock Thursday morning, drove down there, 
We got down to Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and Eddie Russell met us at the Wizards Center. Said, so "Don't get out of your car. We're going across the street, across the road to a brick house, a brick house." And there he had 20 barrels of bourbon laid out for us. We could have been there for three hours, and he'd open 20 barrels for us had we wanted to open that many. I told him that unfortunately I had to get back an hour. I had to leave an hour to come back for dinner, and that if I drank 20 samples of 20 barrels of bourbon, that I'd be sleeping in that Rick house for days. But he said, well, when I start drinking, I get carried away. I don't know what time it is. And I said, well, uh, we're going to go back. We actually talked to him about going back in February or March, probably early March, to get another barrel for next year. And you say, wow, Eddie Russell was there. Well, yeah, uh, a barrel is, is about 10 grand. Yeah, eight and a half. Eight and a half to ten grand. grand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you're spending some money, Yeah. and the Columbus Italian Club is getting their own barrel to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Columbus Italian Club. So we will have uh, a bunch of members have decided to uh, order bottles. I got five coming myself. I've got ten. You got ten coming. Yeah, I'm going to have at least three. One that goes on the mantle I'll never, dr- never, never drink. Never drink, right, right. Two that I will drink for sure. If I keep three or four, well, okay, I yeah, got no problem yeah. with that. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm have gonna... two to drink and one to keep, just because it's gonna be labeled 40th anniversary. Right. It's gonna of say the Columbus Tank Club 40th anniversary. That's the yeah. label we chose while we were down there, and he wrote it down. And that's what our label is gonna say. So, give me a little uh, a little insight into Eddie and the and 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 just you know being master distillers. I mean. They make whiskey for a living, and they have for generations. And so, what kind of guy? What kind of guys are are, are these people that, he is that make a whiskey? Regular down to earth guy. Just, he wears jeans and 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 on a short sleeve shirt because it was rather warm. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he met us at the. He was talking to other people coming into the regular visitor center at the regular tours. Right. And we walked in. He says, "Are you guy? Are you the Italian guys from Columbus?" We said, "Yes." He said, "Well, get back in the cars. We're going across the road," and. He started as a, a guy on the floor that bottled and that, that that put stuff in the keg and rolled the kegs into the rickhouse. That's how so he started. So he started the business. He he even though he came into the business a family business, he had to learn it he from, had to the learn from the up. ground up. Absolutely, that's, he said his dad made him start from the ground up. He was a grunt, the lowest man on the totem pole, and now he is the master distiller. His father is still alive, but his father has got to be in upper eighties if not 90. Yeah, and I hear he's still kicking just fine. He's still kicking. I've met him a couple times. He's a great guy. They love talking bourbon. As I said, he he had a stool in the Rick house and said, I have nothing scheduled to 4 o'clock. It was 1 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) And we could have been there all afternoon tasting bourbon. He had all these barrels. So did everybody leave after an hour? Because yeah, you had to leave? Because I, I, I drove. Oh, man. So well, had, then I'm glad I wasn't on this trip. Because well, if he would have said, oh, it's going to take about three hours, boys, I'm going to say, well, you know what? I, I'll get a ride. Yeah. I knew we were back to Columbus. But, okay, um, I would have taken one. I, if, if I had the opportunity to sit with a master distiller for three hours and sip how many different whiskeys? 20? We could have had 20. He had 20 barrels oh, yeah. laid out for us. You know what? I don't, you know, I'm I'm a I'm an instinctive guy. I go, I live I try to live in the moment whenever possible. See you, Billy. I, I would I would have I would have found a way to get back. I'm I'm not I mean I'm a little disappointed with myself. You know, unfortunately, sometimes you gotta do things you don't like to do and No, I, I give you complete and total credit for actually and making I had to drive, the trip. And I had to, and going I had to stay down. sober. I mean each taste was four ounces, if it was anything. It was, I mean, it was a regular bourbon glass filled. What I like to call a Kentucky pour. A Kentucky pour, yes. <laughs> and Joe Gatto drank every drop of every taste we had. And what we did, we tasted five barrels. We tasted one 
that was from the top of the rickhouse. Mm-hmm. One or two, we had one or two from the middle and either one or two from the bottom because they all, and we tasted five of them. They all tasted completely different. It was amazing how different they all taste, all the different they looked, the ones lighter color, darker color. Well, that, that's the beauty of getting your own barrel. That's right. Uh, you know, because it's it, uh, not to uh, uh, mix brands, but this, it's the same thing with Jack Daniels single barrel. I mean, when you go and buy a barrel of the single barrel, you know, if, if you go to a liquor store and you get a bottle of a single barrel, you know, look at the number because I have the barrel number on there. And yep. if you like that particular bottle that you got, Go back and see if you can get another one from that barrel because if you get another bottle that's from another barrel, it is going to taste similar, but there will be a slight difference in 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 what in the complexity yeah. of it. These were completely different. They were when they went from 111 proof to 120 proof, and one uh, the one we actually chose. What happened was we had the five and we picked three to have a blind test. So we picked three of the barrels. We picked one that was. The highest in proof, we picked one that was um, the oldest, and we picked one that we both liked to, all liked the taste of. And we had, he had a brine proof. He, took, he poured the four-ounce pours and set them down, and we all tasted, and we all picked the same bottle, the same barrel, which was the oldest one. We picked the oldest one. Was, was, it was, uh, it was uh, barreled March 8th of 28, 2008, and that's the one we all agreed on. So all three of us picked the same there was a unanimous decision unanimous decision so the guys at the club don't like it we say bafangura to them but um, <laughs> but we all picked the same barrel it was but they all tasted so different it was amazing but the bad thing was i actually threw out bourbon i had to throw it what? away for the first time ever because i if i drank four if i drank five four ounce pours yeah there's no way i'm driving driving my car home that night so i see had, that's why you need me we all have a skill set yes i have a high tolerance yes is what is at the event i was at to earlier tonight John Say has said that you drank a whole bottle of Jack Daniels and still never blew above the legal limit for, for, for they tested you on the machine. That is a that is a skill set that you should sell and make money on. I, I if I could find a way to do it, I, I would, but I don't know. That's just my uh my mess. Yeah, like I Breath don't know. It's a, it's a it's a messed up uh, body chemistry of some sort. But it was great. We're gonna go back I, and next you know year. What? And I don't really, I don't really take a lot of pride in that fact. I but, but it does add to the, it does seem to have added to the myth and mythology yes, about uh, Protus, about yes. how I imbibe. So I'm hoping next year we do it on the last Thursday of February. Why? Because on March, on, on the first Saturday of March, there is a bourbon tasting in Louisville that I'm gonna get you down to. That I went down to last year with Jim Pucci. Uh huh. You take, you have different classes. And then for four hours, three and a half hours after the stuff done, you get to drink 80 different bourbons as much as you want and have a full dinner. And I was drinking three-fisted. If you can do that, trust me, you can drink three-fisted if it's free. And I was, Jim had to carry me back to our hotel four blocks away. When is this? First weekend of March. <laughs> I'm just, First weekend Hansberry, of March. Hansbury, get me a 2018 calendar, yes. quickly. Yes. <laughs> Where's Eddie, the barrel go? The, the, barrel, actual, the actual, we get the actual we barrel? Get the barrel. We signed the barrel head. The three of us signed the barrel head. And they will give us they'll they'll the bottle of the barrel for it, the bottle of all the the whiskey for us. They're gonna send us the empty barrel and the barrel head. The barrel head will go up on the wall at the club. Nice. And the barrel will become like a little table at the club. So we get we get everything from top to bottom and everything in between. Awesome. And it's gonna be 111 and a half proof, they said. The bottle the, the bottles we get. So it'll be a little it'll be a little kick to it. Uh, that's yeah, well, yeah, you could actually put a little water in it. Uh, well, I know you like to drink yours neat. Yes, I do. 
Water is whiskey's friend, Bill. I understand, but it's not Bill's friend. I like water <laughs> separately than my whiskey. Yes. What's the saying? Water is to whiskey what air is to wine. So as we wind down on this particular installment of whiskey business, I'm always amazed at some of the things that you plan ahead for. Obviously, you plan ahead for all of your Buckeye games and uh, on the chance and probability that they will go to a bowl game set in stone. You go to all the Triple Crown races. You always have those booked and advanced. You go to all of those races. You plan ahead. And this year, you planned ahead to witness the eclipse. Apparently, being in Columbus, Ohio, where we had 80, what was it, 84.6, 85.7, I don't know, somewhere in the 80s, uh, viewing opportunity, that wasn't good enough for you. No, it wasn't. How, you went to where? I went to Oregon. You went to where you got? To- 100% for two minutes. I was watched it from a winery south of Salem, Oregon, in the middle of the five-mile totality zone. For I had two minutes of complete totality. It was unbelievable. There was a cloud in the sky for the four days I was in Oregon, and it was spectacular. It is something that I think everybody should do once, like attend a cook a derby. I've been telling you you have to go to a derby once. You need to see the eclipse. Because once you have totality and the, the aura around the sun, it is just surreal. It's, what were you feeling when you looked at it? Uh, it was... You're, what you're, was going through your mind? What was, was going through your was, body? I mean, my hairs were standing on edge. It was like beating the team up north in a football game. My hairs get on edge. You get all in the moment. And it was... I mean, everybody started clapping. Because we were at a winery. There's probably six, 700 people, but I didn't know it was anybody there because the winery is so big. And we were on top of a hill... It was it was it was awesome. Why did you want to go? Because I've never done it. I wanted to see it. Uh huh. Um, and I planned around the eclipse, but for the two days prior to that, I went to six wineries a day in mm-hmm. Oregon, Pinot Noir, and I joined four too many wine clubs. So I, I I will get in October. I will get twelve cases of Pinot Noir delivered to my house in October. <laughs> so I'm having another party, but. Uh, it was just so gorgeous. I mean, the Willamette Valley is gorgeous. On so, its own. so you made the most of the trip. You just didn't go like fly in, eclipse, fly out. You actually no. took advantage of Oregon. And, I went to Portland and- for one day. I saw friends that I hadn't seen, including two guys I hadn't seen in 15 years who moved out there. They all met me in downtown Portland, uh, along with several other friends. I drank 15 glasses of Pinot Noir in three hours at, at this wine place. And then we had dinner. And then the next day I drove down to the Willamette Valley, stayed in an Airbnb. This woman was very nice, but there was no television, no internet, and my phone service didn't work, and I had the shakes. How awesome is that? Oh, it was horrible. I had the shakes. Why didn't? No, no. Oh, I hate No, I, I, I need no. to be connected. I know you need to, I know you feel that way. Yeah, it was horrible. So you had to go on an entire evening, evening. Oh, until morning horrible. without television, without internet, and without phone. I had the shakes. Did you really? Yeah. I missed what was going on, because where everywhere, you were you were at the I was at the central yes. location, one of them anyway. I was of, of but that where, was Monday. Where you get I understand for Monday, but Saturday I, I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch sports. So oh, I, I get the shakes without sports. My point being, my friend, as crazy and as compulsive as you are, maybe that was maybe that was the Earth's way. You know, you being there to see. Uh, 
a very significant event. Maybe that was the Earth's way of saying, Billy, enjoy this. Learn from it. Take something out of it. Be without, you know, technology and just appreciate what was around you. You're in beautiful country, Oregon. I've never been, but I heard it's a beautiful state. Uh, the Willamette Valley is gorgeous. And maybe, maybe that was... Uh, I know you're not a religious man, but no, maybe that no. was maybe that was God's way of saying, no. you know what? Maybe, maybe maybe it was His way of saying, you know what? Chill out, you crazy son of a bitch. Take it easy for a second, and then the next day you woke up and you got everything back again. So uh, I'm going to go back to the actual eclipse. Eclipse. Was there any type of? Because you know, I saw we saw partial, and I thought cool but i didn't really you know i thought i'm glad i'm glad i got the glasses i'm glad i got to see it this is pretty cool but i imagine being someplace where you had the totality of it all did you have any type of uh for lack of a better word an epiphany no i don't know about epiphanies i don't did you did something what what was i want to know what was exactly going through your mind when the hair was standing up on your on on your arms it was something that i never experienced before so it was different i mean I'm a man of habit and ritual, as I'm sure mm-hmm. you can uh, appreciate. So doing something that I've never done before and seeing something I've never seen before, was it was a new experience. And it was like seeing Star Wars back when it came out in 1977, <laughs> when I was just in awe and it completely changed the way I thought about things. Seeing eclipse like this is one of the most profound things I've ever seen. It was it was mind changing. It was something that I'm glad I did. I mean, I could have driven to Nashville or somewhere like that a lot closer, but I wanted to go to Oregon and, and plan a whole trip around it. And it was it was special, and I'm glad I did it. And uh, I'll never forget the minute it came total, and you stare up the sky, and it, the sun's not there, and it's dark, and it's, it was cold. I mean, it was in the 50s when it started. And did it actually get dark? It was dark. It was dark. Did it get, like, because over here a lot of people were saying, oh, man, it's just like a, well, it's not gonna be a dark. No, cloudy, stormy it's, day it's here. It's a cloudy day here, but when it's, when it's there's when no it, sun. It's just the aura. Yeah, yeah. It's dark. It's nighttime dark. And you heard animals chirping in the background because we, like, so we were in a vineyard, but there were farms around us. It was, but most people were clapping and, and just saying, you know, just staring up, the, uh, up at the saying, you know, ooh, I mean, it was just, it was an experience. It really was. And don't you find that kind of uh, refreshing? Don't you find it kind of cool that there's still something? How old are you? 50. Don't you find it kind of cool that at 50, there's still something that can awe you? Yes. I, I, that's one of the reasons I went, because I, I wanted to do something I'd never done before. Mm-hmm. I, it was awesome. It was, it was great. I would... Recommend it to anybody. It's so in one. seven years, when they say Columbus, Ohio, or Northern well, Ohio will be uh, yeah. will be the place to April be. April 8th of yeah. 2020. Uh, 2024. Four. Yeah. Are you going to be part of that? Or I you, will. Or are you going to be like, been there, done that? Well, no, no. I, I, I mean, I mean it's, in, it's in my town. It's in here. And I, it's not in downtown Columbus where I live. I may drive to Auglaise County, Lima, Auglaise County, because it's going to be total there, and it's less likely for clouds in the middle of the farms than there are like people in Cleveland. I, I, I grew up in Cleveland. Cleveland in April is clouds. It rains. It rains everywhere. So I'm in April. About, yeah, please. Really, yes. So <laughs> no, I'm, no. I mean, yeah. in a, just in April. Come on. I'm worried about the weather here. So that's why you never guaranteed of anything. Right. So, I mean, I remember in 1970, it was 78, 79, sometime in the seventies when I was a kid, we had a total eclipse, but it was a, we had snow outside. It was Cleveland it snowed. So I didn't get to see it. And I had, as a kid, I had my, the box, the shoe box with the mm-hmm. thing in it. I did all that stuff because glasses were 
No one knew about glasses in the 70s. Yeah. But it's something I've never done, and I, I'm glad I did it because it was something new and exciting and awe-inspiring, for lack of a better word. But it didn't change your life. You didn't walk away from it thinking, I'm going to do this different. No. No. I'm going to be this no, way No, because I'm still doing all my rituals starting you know, this week. I'm not going to change my life. And did you find any way to include the eclipse into your crazy-ass superstitions about the Buckeyes? If we win the, the national championship this year, then maybe it does become part of it. <laughs> As of this recording, I don't know what Thursday will happen. But let me just say this sincerely, and I mentioned it before. We played that little clip early in the, in the, in the podcast from last year when I said you're like a— uh, a painting one never finishes and 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 even though we've covered a lot of different ground this time around including the superstitions but other stuff <laughs> i i love the fact that i can still be what the hell entertained by how you think and what you feel and some of the things that you do so um as we finish up the last of our russell's reserve thank you once again Billy DeMora. It's the return of Billy the Id, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and uh, thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. And go Billy, man. I know I know you've gone through a lot of stuff this year. There's been a lot of uh, side struggles with family and whatnot. And, and, you, and you still manage, despite all that stuff, to persevere and, and stay you. And these days, when somebody can stay who they are and what they are, and not be swayed by everything that's going around them, I think that's a stand-up guy. So cheers, my Thank friend. You. Thank you. And uh, I will wrap it up by saying the following. First of all, uh, thanks to Greg Hansberry, as always, our producer, who makes Whiskey Business sound as good as it does. Whiskey Business is a never-the-luck production produced in cooperation with the Columbus Radio Group. All the opinions... I didn't have any tonight. <laughs> All the opinions are, are those of me, your host, Tito Tripodis, and my reluctant guest, not so reluctant guest, uh, and, and Billy DeMora, and are never meant to offend, only to educate, entertain. And on that final note, until the next bottle, oh, dear Lord, see ya. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.